Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because because now. Now we bring on our buddy Nick Hamilton. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Good start off to the week. Uh, it's been really weird out here in California uh, where we're pretty much on lockdown. That's where I'll be back on punishment because some folks don't want to adhere to the rules and the numbers keep spiking according to the reports. So we're pretty much back to where we were. I would say around April or May, uh, where you only you have to have lines to get into the grocery stores. Now, some counties aren't even going for the order, which is really funny to me. Like, I'm talking about like the sheriff's departments and the police departments are like the captains and the chiefs are saying, yep, we're not enforcing no stay at home law. So whatever. <laughs> and it's just really interesting how nobody can be on the same page as it pertains to trying to get a hold of this pandemic outside of creating a vaccine which lord knows when that's going to be available and then who's going to be in line for it at first so it's been real interesting out here in california on the west coast but i'm sure there are a lot of other states that are probably be following suit i'm sure sometime soon as the numbers keep spiking um so we have a lot to talk about on this episode my god the los angeles chargers where do they go from here because damn it they have hit rock bottom can they look up how far is up when it comes to the Los Angeles Chargers as they have four games remaining in the season? We'll get into the Los Angeles Lakers as well as the Clippers and the NBA, how they're going to fare out during their season of 72 games with the short offseason. We'll talk about Mayweather and his upcoming bout. Yes, Mayweather is going to come out of retirement. We'll tell you why. All that and more here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. Now, make sure you follow me on all things social media at Nick Hamilton LA. The Los Angeles Chargers are a very interesting bunch. As you well know, or some of you may know, I've covered the team for many, many years. I've had the privilege of doing so. And I've seen a lot with this team. I've seen ups. I've seen downs. I've seen mediocrity. I've seen casual strides. I've pretty much seen it all. I've seen several coaches come and go, coordinators and whatnot, players, you name it. I pretty much seen it since 2014 was when I started covering the team when they were still in San Diego. This team is an interesting bunch. Now, let me say this before I go any further. The Chargers lost to the Patriots 45 to nothing. That's right, 45 to nothing. You know, there's a thing called adaptation or learning how to adapt. We all have to adapt to different environments. Sometimes we change jobs. Sometimes we move from one city to another. We change homes, apartments, new cars, used cars, going from the, you know, taking public transportation to finally getting a vehicle of your own, whether it's new or used. There's all kinds of changes that go on. Sometimes you get a promotion at work or you go to a different department. So we all have to adapt to change. And I say that because 
Los Angeles Chargers really haven't adapted to much. They haven't adapted to their new surroundings here in Los Angeles. And now I'm speaking about ownership. Last week, I said that I like Dean Spanos as an owner. And I actually do. I've I've had a, a chance to briefly run into him maybe twice. And he's a very nice guy, for what I can tell. Um, but nice guys, this has nothing to do with someone being nice or rude. This has everything to do with competency. This has everything to do with the vision that you have for this squad now that you're in Los Angeles. Because it appears to me, and I'm not really sure about this when I say it appears to me that this team still has a San Diego mentality. And I mean by that is, and I'm not I'm not trying to disrespect the city when I say that, but it is a very small market in comparison to Los Angeles being the number two market. So let's keep that in context. Let's keep that in perspective. I say that because this is a team where you have to spend money and you have to have the money to spend the money. And when you have your neighbor across the hall, the Stan Kroenke, who is no has no reasons, no, no stoppage of spending money when he needs to spend money on his players, a la Jalen Ramsey, a la Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, which they all deservingly so earn that money. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, most recently, before he had his uh, his freak injury. Um, even Jerry Goff, which I did not agree with that contract. I'm sure many of you out there didn't agree with that contract, which is why they had to restructure it. But are the Los Angeles Chargers going to ever be in a position to pay big money, not only at players, but possible coaches, general managers, upper management, coordinators, things of that nature? Because when I looked at that, I was at that game on Sunday at SoFi Stadium. And I knew it was over by the third quarter. By the mid-third quarter, I knew this game was over. Some of y'all say, well, damn, it took you that long to figure out it was going to be over? Yeah. Yeah. Because I looked at the New England Patriots. Cam Newton didn't pass for, for more than 69 yards. Okay? 69 yards. If I told you a New England Patriots team coached by Bill Belichick, arguably probably one of the greatest coaches to coach football, had a quarterback not named Tom Brady that was playing in the game, and they and they only threw for 69 yards, would you believe me if I told you they won the game? They would have blown. Uh, they blew out a team. Probably not if you never saw the game. And and let me say this: the Patriots don't have anybody. That's why one of the reasons why Cam has been struggling majority of the year outside of recovering from COVID. They have no, he has no playmakers. Defensively, you have some guys on the defense, Adrian Phillips, former Charger, Devin McCourty, guys like that. But you really have no honest playmakers like we've been accustomed to seeing the New England Patriots have over the course of time. On the other side of the ball, you have Justin Herbert, who has been Pretty, pretty phenomenal majority of the year since week two he started against the Kansas City Chiefs. He's had his struggles. He had his he has his bumps and bruises. But yesterday, it looked like they just had his number. They picked his ass apart royally like a bunch of vultures. And let me tell you something. Justin Herbert is, is, is as good as advertised. I'm not taking anything away from him. But when you only ha- when you allow the Los Angeles Chargers with their two top-notch wide receivers and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen to combine for nine catches for 91 yards, 
there is a serious problem. Even when I spoke with Anthony Lynn uh, on Monday regarding, hey, what do you have to do to kind of get guys more involved, especially your two top playmakers on offense? You know, he, he mentioned Hunter Henry should have got open more, and I totally agree with him on that. I think Hunter Henry should have been a – I don't believe that there's anybody on the New England Patriots that could have matched up with, with Hunter Henry one-on-one. I don't. Do you? Because if you claim to understand football and know and understand the game, there's nobody on the New England Patriots that can see Hunter Henry. Now on this current squad. And you mean to tell me they shut them out? They 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 gave the Chargers the Krispy Kreme award? Unacceptable. And even talking to Anthony Lynn on Sunday, and what the thing that really struck out at me about the Los Angeles Chargers and Anthony Lynn's decision, okay. I don't give a damn if you're up 38 nothing. I don't care if you're up 45 to nothing. Okay? You have a franchise quarterback who's who is the future, who is going to be there for a long while, who you can build a franchise around. And you let you continue to allow him to be in the game. Whether it's 38 nothing at that point or it's 45 to nothing. You still allow him to be in the game. Why, Anthony Lynn? And you claim to have talked to Justin. Let me let me let me understand something. Who's the coach and who's the player? Because correct me if I'm wrong, you make the final decisions, right? So sometimes you have to save players from themselves. We say it all the time, countless times in any sport. Sometimes you have to save players from themselves. So you were willing to mortgage the farm in Justin Herbert. And thank God nothing happened to him. Thank God he was not injured in any way, shape, or form. He escaped. He got out clean. He was able to finish the game and move on, and he's going to be ready for this coming Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons. But did you pay attention to what happened to Joe Burrow? Did you see the, 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 the fluke accident that happened to Joe Burrow? He's probably going to be out probably 2021. That's their franchise quarterback. And I even asked Anthony Lynn, 24 hours from being removed, do you still have the same decision of allowing Justin Herbert to complete the game even though there was no efforts of trying to make a comeback? There was no opportunities to make a comeback when you're down 45 nothing in the fourth quarter. And you know what Anthony Lynn told me? Yeah, the young man wanted to stay in there. And I said to myself, now, let me, let me get this straight. So you want him to remain in there. And if something would have happened to that young man, I guarantee you Anthony Lynn would have been fired today for leaving him in there way too long. And we talk about this countless times again, how coaches have left players in there too long and they open open themselves up for injury. We've seen it. I'm not making this stuff up, folks. We've seen this. And I thought that was a very poor decision. I think Anthony Lynn is a very, very good coach. I think he's an intelligent guy. I think he has a very high football IQ. But I'm sorry, you cannot sell me on the fact that you want that Justin Herbert wanted to stay in. You allowed him to stay in as if something, some miraculous thing was going to happen. I can't, I'm not buying that. I'm sorry, I'm all stocked up on crazy. You can sell that next door. Because I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to allow that to even circumvent on my porch. Move that, take that down the street. Because I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And now you have four games left. 
and and a team that has never suffered a loss like this in your tenure. Let me give you some let me give you some interesting stats. In the first 33 games that Anthony Lynn has coached for the Los Angeles Chargers, he was 22 and 11. Good record. Since that time, he's he's gone 8 and 21. The last this is the worst shutout in 99 games since 2014 when they lost to the Miami Dolphins 37 to nothing when they had Mike McCoy as their head coach, aka ball coach McCoy. Now you tell me, is that something that you're gonna look at? How you how are you going to turn that around? Yeah, you can bury the football, and I, I understand all the analogies, but mentally, how do you get past that? How do you get over that hump? How do you get your players over that hump? Because as Joey Bosa said on Monday, there may be some residue from that game that may carry over into the game on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. And you claim that none of your players quit. Okay. Well, we're going to see in the next four games. Because the only easy game I see happening is against the Denver Broncos because they just flat out suck. I know what we saw on Sunday, but I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs came in there overconfident. I think that was just an opportunity for overconfidence. You play that game again next week, I guarantee the Chiefs blow blow them out. They just have too high-powered high of an offense not to. And a pretty decent defense. But you're going to go play the Atlanta Falcons. Then you go on the road on a Thursday night game on a short week against the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas. Then you come back and play the Denver Broncos. And then you go back on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I say you win one out of those those four games. Because I think that, that that game against the Denver Broncos is, is obtainable to win. I think you have a much better team. And don't get me wrong. I think the Los Angeles Chargers are an incredibly talented team, despite the injuries and everything like that. They're still a talented team. You have Austin Eckler. You know, you you have two good, great wide receivers. You know, you have another good wide receiver in guiding. You have Hunter Henry. Um, the O-line is still suspect. They're going to have to fix that. But what happens in the offseason? Anthony Lynn was constantly asked about his job security. And he's confident that he talks to Dean Spanos all the time. He He's confident in himself, and you should have confidence in yourself. I would look at Anthony Lynn sideways if he didn't have confidence in himself that he could turn around. Despite what we all think and what we all see, you got to have some kind of confidence in yourself. So I'm not mad at him for that. I'm looking at the future of this franchise because you're going to have to start spending money. Dean Spanos, Spanos family, you're going to have to start spending money. Pay the bread. If you want quality players and quality coaches and upper management, as I said time and time again, there's going to have to be a new coach in a new regime, new training staff, new everything. If you're going to give Justin Herbert any type of any type of opportunity at success. And if you want him to sign long term, because don't take it for granted that Justin Herbert is going to sign long term. He likes it here. He likes L.A. He likes the Chargers organization. He believes in the coaching staff, as he should. But eventually, that's going to wear off. Because no guy likes to lose. They can accept a loss, but they don't like it. And and Justin Herbert does not strike me as an individual that likes to lose. So what are you going to do moving forward? Because to me, they need a new general manager. They need a new head coach. They need new uh, uh, up, you know, everything. 
last week, and I'll say it again, the only person that should remain unless he gets another coordinator job somewhere else or a head coaching opportunity somewhere else, the only person that should remain with the Los Angeles Chargers is, and key cards should still work after the end of the season should be Pep Hamilton because of the remarkable job that he continues to do with Justin Herbert. And I know Justin Herbert didn't have the greatest game yesterday. He threw two interceptions, got sacked three times, uh, barely threw over 200 yards. Not a typical Justin Herbert type of game. And I expect a great bounce back from Justin Herbert. That's one thing I I love about this quarterback is that he has a great bounce back. He has a very short memory. And hopefully this this Krispy Kreme Award type of game won't settle in his brain for too long as a rookie. And I, I have stronger confidence that it won't. Because I think he's just that dialed in as a football player and as a quarterback. But what about the rest of the team? Again, general managers are out there. And there's no disrespect to Tom Telesco at all. But sometimes you run its course. And I do believe it's time for a new general manager. And I said the coaches that they could have had, I think they should back Jim Harbaugh trying to stay at Michigan. What the hell for? There's nothing else to accomplish. You never beat Ohio State. So what the hell are you staying for? People aren't happy with the with the 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 current status of what you where you taking this this Wolverines team. So what is the point of you even staying on? Go to the NFL. Get the money. You've had much better success in the NFL. And if I'm the Los Angeles Chargers, I will back the Brinks truck up to either Jim Harbaugh, who I, who I also has a relationship with Pep Hamilton. And is a quarterback whisperer. I backed the Brinks truck up for him. Hell, I backed the Brinks truck up for Lewis Riddick. I think he's an incredible, he'd be an incredible general manager. Checks off a lot of boxes. And now you got to pay money. You got to bring some big time players in here that's not only going to put butts in seats, but going uh, but is going to be able to perform at a very high and elite level. You got some guys that are just not performing up to par on this team. And it's sometimes you just got to cut, you just got to cut ties, bite the bullet. But if you want success for Justin Herbert, they're going to have to be some definite changes made within that organization by season's end. And I hope Anthony Lynn gets another opportunity to be a head coach. Cause again, I think he's a, he's a very excellent uh, head coach. I just think his time has come. Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into some NBA action. We'll get into the Los Angeles Lakers, the Clippers, as well as the rest of the NBA. And guess what the NBA ain't testing for this year? Get your lighters up. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? This is Tua Tungle by Lord. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Hey, y'all, welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you follow me on all things social media, at Nick Hamilton LA. Now, let's get into a little bit of NBA talk as the Los Angeles Lakers and the Clippers and the rest of the NBA have opened up training camp and preseason will start uh, this weekend. So it's going to be interesting to see what players play, how many players don't really play, because of the short offseason, especially those that were in a bubble. And two teams that were 
uh, stuck in the bubble for a period of time with the Los Angeles Lakers as well as the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's talk a little bit about the Clippers for a moment because, as we know, Ty Lue is now the head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. He was the assistant coach last year under Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has moved on. He was fired. Later on, picked up a job with the Philadelphia 76ers as their new head coach. And there's been some controversy. Doc is firing back on all cylinders. Reason why? Not because he's bitter. No, 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 no. Paul George had to open Pandora's box. Sometimes it's okay to leave well enough alone. But then when you start talking because the person ain't there no more, uh, it becomes a little dicey and damn sure can get real spicy. So Paul George decided when he was asked about Doc Rivers and his coaching style on all the Smoke podcasts, which is hosted by Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson on Showtime and the Black Effect uh, podcast network, which I think is an outstanding show. Those guys do an outstanding job uh, with that show. Paul George said this was the first summer that I wasn't able to do that because I had shoulder surgery. Mm -hmm. So I missed a whole summer of training. And so when I came back, the team was already, you know what I mean, rolling. They already got, you know what I mean? We started off okay, but we didn't start off as well as we wanted to. But I feel like they already had a little chemistry going. And so when I came into the mix, I missed a whole, like, I missed that time in the summer of playing pickup ball, hooping, getting a rhythm, getting a mm-hmm. flow, working on my game. The timing right. The timing right. So when I came back into the league and started playing again, it, I just felt off. Like mm-hmm. I didn't feel like a, a part of the team. And then, you know, the way I was being used, I felt like I was, you know, Doc was trying to play me as like a, a Ray Allen or like a J.J. Mm-hmm. Redding, like all pin downs, all like I can do it, but that ain't my game. Right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I need some flow. I need some mixes of, of pick and rolls. I need some post-ups. All that. Just different touches, you know what I mean? And so it, it it was just, you know, that last season was just hard. All right. Which is very interesting. Paul George said, you know, Doc was kind of playing, you know, Doc was kind of playing me out of position. And I get it. But that still does not excuse your poor performance in the playoffs, especially when everything is on the line in game seven between you and Kawhi. And I'll get on Kawhi in a minute. But it's it's funny because during the media sessions, I happened to personally ask Paul George, since he had an issue with the way Doc had coached him, what did you discuss with Ty Lue specifically? And here's what he had to say. Hey, Paul, welcome back. Appreciate uh, it. Wanted to know, uh, now that you have a new coach in Ty Lue, uh, how much do you feel like he'll be able to listen to you more and really play you in the positions and, and, and in areas where you know you can thrive better in this season? Um, you know, it's just me, you know, making sure I'm playing at a high level and, um, you know, just focusing on myself individually, um, on being ready to perform. Um, you know, I've talked to T. Lou on, um, you know, areas where I like it, um, ISO, uh, situations, catch and shoot situations. Um, you know, we went over a, a bunch of different scenarios. Um, but ultimately, it's just, you know, me coming into the season, being ready and, and, and you know, uh, being locked in and uh, ready to perform at a high level. All right. Okay. So you talked about ISOs. You talked about certain certain advantages that you will be be able to play in Ty Lue's offense. And I understand that. You, you're supposed to have a conversation about that. But the sparks continue to fly because, as you know, with PG, we all know there was an issue between, you know, 
some players that were in the locker room, some former players now that were in the locker room. We all know Montrez Harrell spoke his piece about it during this season. He's now with the Los Angeles Lakers across the hall. Uh, you know, Lou Will and, and, and Pat Beth had things to say about how they were being treated versus how Kawhi and PG were being treated with the organization. And I understand all of that. But, hey, man, keep that stuff in-house. I've said that time and time again. It's in the media for disseminating the information that we get, but then you want to turn right back around and give us the information to disseminate. So you can't have it both ways. You cannot have it both ways. It's not going to work like that. So Paul George decided that he wanted to clear the air with Doc Rivers, and here's what he had to say. I mean, I think that's where everybody got misconstrued. We all take responsibility into that. Um, fact of the matter is me being one of the, um, you know, top players on the team. Um, I wasn't at a peak performance. I wasn't playing well enough. Um, the fact that I gave up a 3-1 series being on that floor um, sits with me and haunts me. Um, you know, and, and not to go back and forth and, and you know, I want to clear things up. I respect Doc. Um, I think Doc is a hell of a motivator, hell of a um, coach. Um, doesn't mean I agree with everything that we did, um, but that does not belittle the fact that I respect him and I respected him um, in that position. Um, you heard it from me. You heard it from Luke. Um, you know, we felt we were the better team. Um, they played harder than us, and, uh, you know, they ultimately got, got past us. Um, I said what I said, um, and, and, you know, but I do want to clear it up, um, because the, the notion out there is that, you know, I don't respect doc and I'm putting the blame on doc, um, which is not the case. Um, I am to blame in that situation just as much as anybody else. Um, so, you know, let's, let's, let's clear that up and let's not get that out of hand and, and make that a story. That's not a story. Very, very interesting. It's amazing how a couple of days give you some clarity now, won't it? Or maybe you spoke too much too soon. Wound was still kind of fresh. Regardless of that, Doc Rivers got a hold of what PG had to say. And here's what he said, quote, hey, listen. Now, anytime an old cat says, hey, listen, you know the story's about to be good. Or it's about to be some real dramatic stuff going down in that story. So you want to pay attention. Doc Rivers said, quote, hey, listen, I enjoy coaching him, speaking to Paul George. So not a lot to say there. Ty Lue was sitting right next to me, so he better hope it's not adjustments. It ain't going to be much different. Listen, we lost the game, and I think everyone needs to take ownership. Obviously, we can always do better. Players can play better. And as far as I'm concerned, I'll leave it there. Mm. Sounds like Doc didn't want to go all the way in on Paul George and the Clippers because maybe, you know, some things are better left unsaid. I don't know. But what did Doc really mean by I'll just leave it there? There's more to it than that. And I do believe there was some internal conflict, not just with the players, but I do believe there was some internal conflict with the coaching staff and the head coach, with the players. I do believe that. Now, as far as Ty Lue is concerned, I think Ty Lue is going to do a good job. I think they're going to have a really good regular season. I think they added some really key pieces like Serge Ibaka. Um, but they still have not addressed their need as it pertains to a solid point guard and having a solid voice in the locker room. I even asked Serge Ibaka, are you going to be that voice in the locker room as it pertains to this team? Because they need, Lord knows they need somebody in that locker room that can lead. 
because Kawhi leads by example. He's not going to be, he's not a vocal guy. We know that. So who's the voice in the locker room? What is this team's identity? I guess we'll find out sometime soon, hopefully. And hopefully, most importantly, this team knows what their identity is. You know, Ty Lue made, made a comment and says, you know, he felt like Pat Beverly reminded me, reminded him of himself when he played, which is nothing to sneeze at because Ty Lue could ball. Ty Lue was a tenacious defender at times. So that's a very high compliment for Pat Beverly. And I think Pat Beverly can play. I think he's, a t- I think he's a, again, another tenacious defender. I think he's a pest uh defensively which that's somebody you need i think he likes to talk a lot likes to get guys out of their mental game which is somebody you need on that squad but then you got to come through on a consistent basis and that's what I'm, i'm wondering how far the clippers can go how far can they go we know they're going to have a good regular season i don't question that my question is can you get out of the second round for the first time in team history, in franchise history. Can you get out of the second round? Can you make it and sniff the draws of the Western Conference Finals? Can you do it? Because I'm not sure right now you can. I'm not confident. I'm not saying they can't. I'm just not confident. But we'll see. I guarantee you one thing, though. It won't be that all that bickering about Kawhi's treatment. And when Serge Ibaka's in the locker room. Don't think there's going to be too much chitter-chatter about that. That's one thing I can bet my money on. And betting my money on the Lakers and betting your money on the Lakers, if you're a betting people, I'm not a betting person, but just figuratively speaking, to coast to, I will not, let me not say coast, to get to another NBA championship, barring any, any serious injury or the Rona interrupting, the Lakers are pretty much a lock for, a new, for another championship. And I think LeBron goes against five. I know I said early on that I didn't think LeBron was going to win another championship, but that was before what Clutch and the Lakers decided to pull off. My God, I mean, the one thing that the Lakers talked about when it came to training camp and practicing with each other is team chemistry. They're saying, hey, we got to get the chemistry down. Montrez Harrell said the same thing. We got to get chemistry down. Dennis Schroeder, same thing. Uh, LeBron is confident about the team, but knows that, hey, they have to gel and they have to work together. Something that Frank Vogel said during his press conference, that they have to get guys involved they're going to have to get uh you know guys to continue to buy in to what they're going to do and they understand that they have a bullseye on their backs because anytime you are, you're a champion everybody's gunning for you the weakest team is going to play their best basketball because they're gunning to knock you down and i i love this lakers team i think they're incredibly talented i think they're loaded i know there's some questions about their uh defense and how well they're going to be able to play defense with the absence of rajon rondo and avery bradley um, and Dwight Howard, those guys have moved on. But I think they got some really good, some really good players in return. I like Marcos, I, I like, excuse me, Marcus All in that role at the five. I like Dennis Schroeder. I think eventually he will be a starter. He may not start out as the starter uh at the beginning of the season, but I think eventually he will move into that role. He will make that first unit even better and be able to to really flow a lot better with LeBron and AD and, and Wesley Matthews adding to the mix. I think that second unit is really going to be the unit to really pay attention to because I think when you have that second unit with Trez and Kuzma and those guys on that on that second unit, you know, Taylor and Horton Tucker, I love that kid. And, and Frank Vogel said, you know what, there may be an opportunity for him to play a lot more this year uh, than we've seen in times before. And I think that's going to be a, a much 
uh, needed addition and improvement, especially with that second unit, because that kid can flat out ball. I love his approach to the game. I love his energy. Uh, he's very, very assertive, very highly skilled, intelligent. Uh, the Lakers scouting department deserves a hats off for what they've been able to accomplish with that kid. Because let me tell you something, they got a gem with that with that kid. I love Horton Tucker. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I know LeBron James, you know, he said uh, after day, I believe day one or day two that he was sore. But, hey, he's in the best place he's, he's been in his life. Uh, you know, he's healthy. He's ready to go. Uh, he, he's enjoying this 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 time. And don't expect LeBron James to play a whole hell of a lot of minutes early on in this season. I would expect him to play some limited amount of minutes in the first game on December 22nd. He'll probably play a few more minutes on Christmas Day, being that it is Christmas Day and it is prime time. The NBA is not going to settle for anybody sitting out. So I expect all the stars to play. Adam Silver is too. But after the, after Christmas Day, don't expect a lot of minutes. I wouldn't expect a lot of minutes between Anthony Davis and LeBron James. What for? It's a 72-game season. 10 less games than you would have in a normal season after what a two month layoff. Not a recipe for success when it comes to making sure that your, your, your star, your superstar players remain healthy. So if I'm Frank Vogel, this is a key opportunity to see what I can get out of my second unit and guys that want to start at some point. So this is the perfect opportunity for Dennis Schroeder to showcase his skills and make his name, make his name great. And make it get his name bumped up to the first to the first team. It's a golden opportunity for him to do that, especially the nights that LeBron may not play on back to backs. Uh, nights that AD may not play on certain back to backs or four games and five nights type of stretch, because that's what they're going to have to have in order to get this season underway if they want to be completed by uh, the 2021 Olympics. So it's going to be interesting, but I love this Lakers team, man. I, I really am. It's going to be interesting to see how they gel together and at what point do they come together? Because you cannot win a championship without chemistry. Clippers learn that the hard way. So we'll see what happens. But I am not convinced of that. Not at all. And the NBA is going to be interesting as a whole because Kevin Durant's coming back off his Achilles. How well will he and Kyrie Irving jail? Kyrie came out and made it appear that Kyrie's not talking to the media this year. I don't know how long that's going to last because correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you get fined for not talking to the media? It's only so many fines you can accumulate before it starts hitting your wallet. I don't care how, how rich you are. So that's going to be interesting in Brooklyn to see what happens with that team, how they can gel. I know they've been trying to work diligently to try to get James Harden, but speaking of James Harden, he'd rather go get the Rona from the strip club and go participate with the Houston Rockies. Now, what does that say about your franchise? If you can't get your, your star player to come to your to, to training camp on time because you won't trade him, James Harden was like the hell with all y'all. I'm about to go kick it at the script club. I'm about to go drop these dollars and make them holler. I'm paying for somebody's education. I'm donating my time and my money to further this economy. Hats off to James Harden. Let that man live. I have no problems with James Harden going anywhere whether it's a strip club or whatever whatever wherever he wants to go that's what he chooses to do he has every right to do it i just would hope the boy wear a mask but outside of that he has every right to do it i don't blame him he doesn't want to be there 
why would you force someone to be somewhere that they don't want to be? I understand the business aspect and there's there's contractual obligations there. But if the guy doesn't want to be there and he's being cantankerous by not showing up and every day the head coach is getting questions on when's James showing up? When's James Harden coming? Do you think he's going to come? Do you think he's going to sit out? All these questions are distractions. And because you're the owner and Fertitta is trying to prove a point, you're hurting everyone else trying to prove your shallow point. So it'll be, it would behoove you to try to work out a deal to, to trade James Harden if he doesn't want to be there. Why would you want a disgruntled worker? If you're an organization or a company, why would you why would you want a disgruntled worker that can disrupt the flow with the other employees or the other people involved in your organization? Does that make any kind of sense? Doesn't make much sense to me. James Harden is like, hell, I'm about to be out here in these streets balling. What is the rush for me to come back? I'm still James Harden. I still can play ball. And he's absolutely right. He's sharp. He can pick up the plays. Not going to be that much of a difference. I mean, you added Boogie Cousins to the mix, who I thought was a good pickup. But what is he really going to miss? He doesn't want to be there. He has no intentions of wanting to physically, really, truly be there. So why don't you trade him? He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be in your organization. He has his reasons. Why is he still there? You hold, you gonna, they're going to hold James Harden hostage. They're going to force him to come. And he probably will show up at some point. I'm not saying that James Harden won't show up. But it's going to be a very long, tough 72 games. I can assure you of that. Let them go on a losing streak and watch James don't speak his mind. And probably in a way we haven't heard him speak his mind in a long time. And all those darts and all those shots are going to be at the owner. And you know who's going to suffer the most? It's not going to be James Harden. It's not going to even be for Tita. You know who's going to be, you know who's going to suffer the most? The brand new head coach. That's who's going to suffer. He's going to be a sacrificial lamb in the, in the newspapers and on TV and on radio. We can talk about James Harden until we're blue in the face. We all know James doesn't want to be there. But instead of you trading that man and getting him out your hair, and that's one less stress op- a situation that you have to deal with, you better prove a point and keep him there, keep him under lock and key. It's like a dude that doesn't want to break up with a girl, and a girl doesn't want to be with him anymore. A girl out there flaunting around with other guys, the dude still wants her to come home, still letting her letting her come in the house, giving her a key and the whole nine, still trying to force her to stay. Guess what? She's not staying because her heart's not in it, her soul's not in it, her mind's not in it. So she don't want to be there. She's out. She's mentally already checked out. And I think the same thing has happened to James Harden. I think mentally he's checked out of Houston. Now, will he physically show up? Like I said before, sure. Will he mentally be there? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, he'll show up on the floor mentally because that's what he does. He's a professional. I expect nothing less. I don't blame him for not not wanting to be there. Give us free. Coming up on the other side of the break. 
We'll be talking about Floyd Mayweather and his brand new bout. Ooh, this, this could be an interesting one. He may have a lot more riding on this one than just simple money. All that and more coming up on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Keep it locked. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145, final segment of the show. Uh, we talked a little bit about some NBA and uh, what's going to happen with James Harden. And what's interesting is that his mom came out, James Harden's mom, uh, Mona Willis, Ammonia Willis, excuse me if I mispronounced her name, my apologies in advance. But he said, quote, she's going to be, she said, quote, he asked for a chance to get a ring. That's it. Anyone in their right mind in this business would want that. He's doing the best for his career, end quote. I couldn't agree with her more. Moms gets it. Why, do, why don't the Houston Rockets? And it makes total sense. If you want, if you don't want to be someplace, he lets you all know. James Harden gave you a courtesy in letting you all know, I don't want to be here. Trade me. Here's where I would like to be dealt. It's real simple. Because this is also going to impact future free agents in Houston. However you treat your star or quote-unquote superstar, that's what you consider him. The next go-around of people are going to look at this incident and say, you know what? I really don't want to deal with that organization. I'm good. Look how they treated James, look how they treated James Harden. How the hell you think they're going to treat me? You think they're going to treat me any different? No, that's going to be the that's going to be the, the the talk around around town, and that's what you don't want if you're an organization. But hey, good luck. I wish I wish James Harden the best. Hope he gets what he wants. Because when you're happy, you play better. You feel better. You play better. You execute better. It's like getting that fresh paycheck on Friday, Thursday night if you got direct deposit. All right. So now. Floyd Money Mayweather is coming out of retirement. Yes, the 50 and 0 boxing champ, probably one of the greatest boxing champs in the his in the sport, is finally coming out of retirement. But there's a stipulation. So we all know about Logan Paul. Logan Paul, in case you forgot about who he was, he's the white guy uh, who's a, who's the big YouTube sensation that had uh, put Nate Robinson to sleep. Started the Nate Robinson challenge. So Logan Paul they meet immediately. I mean, the next day after he knocked out Nate Robinson, decided to call out Floyd Money Mayweather. Even threw jabs at him as far as his inability to allegedly not be able to read. So Floyd Mayweather, being the, the sharp business person that he is, and being the ultimate marketeer that he is, decided to take Logan Paul's challenge. and says, you know what? I'll see you in the ring, buddy. And that's exactly what Floyd Money Mayweather has decided to do. So on February 20th of 2021, it will be Floyd Money Mayweather against Logan Paul. My only thing is, you got to bring back Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg has got to commentate. 
He is pure entertainment. I do not want to watch this fight if Snoop is not calling the fight. He just makes the fight that much better. That's just what it is. And when you look at, we all know that Floyd Mayweather is probably going to knock this kid out, at least fight him to the distance. He might knock him out. This is a defensive technician, Floyd Mayweather, we're talking about here. So he just might knock out Logan Paul or at least put him on his butt. He may not put me. He may not Nate Robinson, him, but he definitely may put him on his ass. It's going to be 24. So here's the thing. The first one million buys will cost you twenty four ninety nine. With the price increasing after the threshold is surpassed or the date gets closer, the price will jump to sixty nine ninety nine starting February the 11th, which is roughly about mm, I think about five, six dollars cheaper than the Earl Spence, Danny Garcia fight, which was a hell of a fight, by the way. I thoroughly enjoyed watching that fight. That was a really good fight. A lot of people had Danny Swift Garcia because he got that he got that punch. But Earl Spence and people were, were skeptical of Earl Spence because we didn't know how he was going to come back from that that tragic accident. Thank God he was able to to survive it and really come make make a comeback. And uh, I know a lot of people, including myself, were praying for Earl Spence. Because uh, he's a hell of a fighter, and you never want to see anything tragic like that happen to anyone, um, especially with a guy like Earl Spence, who's pretty much on the incline of his career. So you definitely want to see him get back in the ring. And I was glad to see that he was able to, to hold his own and really compete at the high level that we've all known him to compete with. Um, so you know, props to to Earl Spence uh, for winning that fight against Danny Swift Garcia. And I like Danny. I like Danny Garcia. I think he's a hell of a boxer. I've enjoyed watching him, you know, fight, um, you know, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, more fights with, with Danny Garcia and, and Earl Spence. I love watching Earl Spence fight, man. That dude is masterful at what he does, man. My God. But anyway, so we're going to watch Floyd Money Mayweather and Logan Paul. Now, the thing I want to see is if how, how are they going to promote this fight? Because if you recall the last time that a Mayweather fight was promoted, I think that was against Conor McGregor. I was actually at that press conference when they came to L.A., and it was every bit as advertised. It was electric. I don't know what it was like on watching it on TV, but at there, it was every bit electric. It had all the bells and whistles. It was a typical Floyd Money Mayweather production. It had everything you needed. It had all the, the smoke. It had everything. You had to be there. I mean, from the entrance, the entrances from, from, and then remember, wait, <laughs> oh, in case you guys forgot, remember the suit that Conor McGregor wore? Did you guys remember the pinstripes? Everybody thought it was regular pinstripes. A friend of mine who was there, he had a camera, he was a photographer, and he zoomed in on Conor McGregor just to try to do a, head, a close-up headshot, and he said, hey, man, look at this. He took a shot. And it wasn't pinstripes in the suit, like a blue, navy blue pinstripe. It had the word F you. Well, all spelled out as pinstripes all through the suit. <laughs> all through the suit. Again, it was every bit as advertised. Now, the fight wasn't all that great, but the hype leading up to it, definitely worth the price of admission. Definitely worth it. So I'm hoping... We get something similar. I know it's COVID-19. I know you can't really do a lot of different things that we would normally do in other circumstances, but I hope they come somewhere close to be able to work it out where they can really promote this fight and really give the people 
bang for their buck as far as the promotion goes for it because those press conferences sometimes can be really epic. And I'm definitely looking forward to that um, when it comes to this. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. But, I mean, if anybody's going to promote a fight, you definitely want Floyd Mayweather to do it. So we'll 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 see. And let me let me I, I'm sorry, I made a mistake earlier, so my apologies. But Logan Paul is the brother of Jake Paul. Now Jake Paul is the one that knocked out Nate Robinson. So I apologize. I'm I got the two brothers confused. That's my fault. So I'm cleaning it up, y'all. So you won't be texting me and tweeting me about, oh, you messed up. I know. That's why I'm saying it right now. Logan Paul, who's the brother of Jake Paul, will be the one fighting Floyd Mayweather. Jake Paul is the one that knocked out Nate Robinson. All right. So that's the one. So that's where we are. All right. So I think yeah, it's going to be this dude going to be mince meat. I'm talking about Logan Paul. No disrespect to him, but I ain't stepping in no boxing ring. I'm smart. I'm, 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 I'm much smarter than that. I know where what side my bread is buttered on and that, that ain't it. So, oh, well, anyway, also some other news, uh, which is really sad. Uh, actress Natalie DeSalle, uh, you remember if some of you guys may remember her from the movie BAPS with Holly Berry. Um, she was also on how to be a player with Bill Bellamy and, and Lark Voorhees and, and comedian Pierre. Uh, she was on that show Eve with uh starring the rapper Eve. Um, she was on there. I think she was in a couple of other films along the way as well. But she recently, uh, I think on Monday, she passed away at age 53 of colon cancer, um, which is really, really sad. I really enjoyed her work. I thought she was a very talented actress. You know, she uh, on certain uh, certain films, she made you want to hate her sometimes. Like, oh, my gosh, she gets on my nerves. That's how good of an actress she was. If she can strike that emotion out of you. That shows you how great of an actress she really was. And so um, our thoughts and prayers and condolences go out uh, to Natalie Dizelle's family um, and her friends. Uh, definitely a sad situation. You have somebody so young die of something so crypto, so tragic, man. F cancer, dude. Real talk. Like, I'm so tired of seeing people die from this deadly disease. Um, it's real. It's you know, please, those women and men, please go get your regular checkups. I'm, and I'm not saying anything negative on her behalf. I'm just saying we all need to go get our checkups because early detection has been proven. Early detection does help your chances of survival. OK, I'm telling you that because I know. OK, I'm telling you because I know. That's as far as I'm going to go with that. But please, please go to your physician. I know we're in tough times right now dealing with COVID-19 and we're all concerned about not, you know, catching it and not catching it. But please, if you have a scheduled appointment, please go get checked out. Please get your regular checkups. Please, let's start eating better. Let's start, you know, deciding to, to, to be healthier. Let's work out when we can. All those little things do add up and they can give you opportunity for a better quality of life and a healthier life in a longer lasting life. So please go get checked out. I I urge you because it is no joke. Cancer is serious. And it, it is not it's not for play. And when you get to a certain stage with cancer, sometimes there's nothing that they can do but keep you comfortable. And you you don't ever want to hear 
a doctor say that you have cancer, but let alone say you at stage four and there's nothing more they can do for you besides keep you comfortable. That's not the word you want to hear. I don't even wish cancer on my worst enemy. I really don't. That's a that is a very grueling situation. So, you know, uh, my condolences and prayers and positive energy out to that family. Um, she definitely will be missed. She was a, definitely a, t- a very talented actress uh, when it comes to that. So got a few minutes left. Wanted to talk a little bit about um, Major League Baseball. And I know last week I didn't get a chance to really talk about it the way I wanted to um, about the lack of black American baseball players in Major League Baseball. Uh, most recently, we know about one of the most famous uh, black players, which is Mookie Betts, who was absolutely sensational throughout the playoffs. When his hitting wasn't working, he, his defense definitely stepped up big time and vice versa. Um, definitely a great ambassador for the game. Um, but you have some young guys, too. I, 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 I love Joe Adele, what he's going to bring to the table. Um, Hunter Green, who's a pitcher in the Cincinnati Reds organization. I think that kid is going to be dynamite once he gets his opportunity. Um, but there's still not enough. There's still not enough black American baseball players in Major League Baseball. And I point the finger at Major League Baseball. I do give them credit for trying to develop younger uh, black American uh, players when they're young, you know, kids with the RBI program across many, many cities and states in this country. But they are at fault for the way that things are because money usurped talent and opportunity. They decided that they can go get three for one when they go to Central and Southern South America and to the island nations to try to get talent versus looking what's on what's happening in their own backyard. And a lot of the reason, because that's why a lot of reason you have more guys choosing football and basketball to play than you would choosing baseball. Baseball is very expensive, by the way. So who's going to pay for it if you come from a, a, a family that whether you have one person in the home or two parents in the home? If they're both working and trying to survive and make ends meet, especially in today's society and economy, who's going to have money, extra money aside for their kid or kids to play baseball and to pay for that? So this is what I'm saying. There's a lot of things that Major League Baseball dropped the ball. And when you look at guys like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, um, guys that, have, that came up playing baseball, even Pat Mahomes. You know, I mean, his dad played played baseball professionally, pitched. Why did they choose those sports versus baseball? Because they know they they get better representation. I mean, at least the NFL markets their stars. You hear about Russell Wilson. You hear about Pat Mahomes. You hear about Kyler Murray. The NBA, you hear about LeBron James and Steph Curry and James Harden and, and Kevin Durant and those guys and Giannis. And all those guys, you hear about those guys, Anthony Davis. They do a beautiful job at marketing their stars. Major League Baseball, they haven't done great marketing since the 90s. That's right. I said it, the 90s, which is absolutely pathetic, which is why one of the reasons why they're no longer the number one sport in this country. Because they lost sight of the bigger picture. This is why I say Major League Baseball needs to get it together. On so many levels. One, make sure you promote more of your black American stars like Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts should be a household name. 
You should be promoting this dude even in the offseason. The man just won a World Series title. This is the same guy that has when I won a World Series title with an American League team with the Boston Red Sox and now a National League team with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now you tell me who's more fitting. But you won't do it. I don't know. And, and not only that, Major League Baseball has a serious issue. Because it's not just about the black American baseball player. It's about the black journalist and black media. Whom they refuse to grant a lot of opportunity to. Not as much as they should. But as far as the black American baseball player is concerned, they got to step their game up. Less than 7% of baseball players are black Americans. Really? That's tragic. That is sad. And you wonder why black audiences don't really tune into baseball. Why would I tune into something that, that why I don't see any representation of myself? What would, what would make me, what would make me watch something that a league that does not represent for me? But when I watch the NFL, when I watch the NBA, when I watch college football, I see me or people that look like me all over the place. Think about that. They need to get some, some, I don't know who Major League Baseball needs to consult with, but they need to consult with some people fast. You have two black owners in Major League Baseball, two. And they're not even full owners. They're, they're part of a, a of an ownership group. Magic Johnson and Derek Jeter. Two owners. Less than 7% black American baseball players. Wouldn't you say Major League Baseball has a rolling blackout? I do. Let's see if it changes in the next five years. How much confidence do you have that Major League Baseball will change it? Because I certainly don't. I believe it when I see it. And that's my three cents for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. If you missed any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download or subscribe to me on all streaming platforms. That's SoundCloud. That's Spotify. That is iTunes. If you're on iTunes, make sure you give me five stars. I appreciate it. Thank you so much to the team at Slam Radio XM Channel 145. I appreciate it. Until next time. Make sure you take care, lay low, stay sharp, and I'm out. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.